Hey everyone, I am actually here in my she shed, and uh, so I'm outside so you might hear a few birds in the background. Um, it's a pretty beautiful day here in northern Minnesota. Can't really beat a 75 and sunny day in Minnesota without mosquitoes. Um, it's just gorgeous. So anyways, I got some new recording equipment here um, just now in the mail from the FedEx guy. I had to keep my dog Cash from barking at him. Um, anyways, so I got my recording equipment. It's a Scarlett 2i2 Studio here. I'm pretty excited about it. It's by Focusrite. Obviously, they're not sponsoring the show or anything. I just am excited that I have some new and seemingly great equipment to start out with. Um, we are talking to Caitlin Woodward, and um, we'll be talking to her about bow fishing, which is kind of something that, I mean, I've done it before, and it was amazing. It was super fun, but it's not something that around here people do very often, and it is something that I think is intimidating for some people to just get started with because, I mean, there's a, a few things that you have to know first before you go. So we're going to talk to Caitlin about you know, getting started or how to bow fish on your own and, and all that. So, and what to look for and what kind of fish. So we're pretty excited to talk to her and, um, we have a fishing opener coming up this weekend for Minnesota. Um, I will be down in Wilmer, Minnesota or Spicer on Green Lake, um, for the governor's Minnesota governor's fishing opener. So I'm excited about that too. Um, I'll be going with WSI Sports. Um, if you follow me on Instagram on my personal account, Allie Up North, you'd know that I am a brand ambassador, a pro staffer for this company called WSI Sports. Um, they're made in the U United States, right in Minnesota kind of company, um, strong roots in Minnesota. So they'll be there, and I'm going with them um, to, you know, go fishing. So pretty stoked for that as well. So anyways, I hope everyone has a great weekend for fishing opener. If you're a Minnesotan, if you're not, I hope you get outside and go fishing or go hiking or whatever kind of floats your boat in the outdoors. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. So I'm glad everyone is tuning in to Empower Outdoors podcast. I'm Allie Dutine. And I'm Phil Stepp. So today we are super pumped to have special guest Caitlin Woodward on the show. She's originally from Illinois and is actually now a neighbor to us Minnesotans. She's living in Wisconsin, which is exciting. Um, she's a Bass Pro ambassador, a member of the Hobie fishing team, bear archery, Cajun bull fishing, and she's been an angler her whole life. Um, and she's also a hunter. She actually has really made a name for herself in the outdoors community, especially uh, because she loves to bow fish. So welcome to the show, Caitlin. Yes, thank you. That was quite the intro. That was probably the best I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, well, I'm judging glad. by what I've seen so far, you deserve it. So. Yeah, you you do. You Honestly, you just seem like you're just killing it out there, literally and figuratively, but... Yeah, so yeah. it's awesome. So we've talked a lot about uh, fishing in a few of our previous episodes, and we really wanted to dig into talking to you, Caitlin, about bull fishing. Um, before we do that, though, I'm always curious about a person's backstory and, like, you know, who really got you started in the outdoors, uh, fishing and also hunting, and kind of where it all be began. So if you could, you know, tell us a little bit about that, we'd be super interested. Definitely. Um, I think I grew up fishing. My uh, family, I had, my mom had a cabin. Um, in Portage, Wisconsin, actually, which is kind of by the Dells. 
Wisconsin Dells, and and we had a cabin up there, and yep. <clears throat> I would spend uh, pretty much every chance I could fishing off the dock um, and taking my little like raft boat out <laughs> to try to get out and then do some stuff on my own. And then um, and then when I uh, met my then boyfriend Josh in, in high school, I started to start doing you know him and I started doing stuff outdoors together and he um his family had a cabin in Monaco Wisconsin so I started traveling up there with him, them and I started to get into more like serious type fishing um because I'd always you know grown up just done like dock fishing you know fishing for bluegills nothing to no no science behind it really we just kind of threw out whatever and mm-hmm. see what was biting but um so I met Josh in high school and I started learning from him and um, started to just really pay attention to to the things that he was doing and and um, it was just a, a mutual thing that we loved we started to love to do together and then um, after we got married or wait no backtrack <laughs> when we were still in in high school and college uh, Josh started picking up bow fishing and um, he would come home and I, I was just super interested in, in that, and I um, started, you know, I, I was pretty interested in what he was doing, and I was like, what are, you know, what are, what are those fish? I'd never seen fish like that before. And and I was like, and you're shooting them with a bow? You know, I was I was so confused. Like, I think most people might be. <laughs> um, if you Absolutely. look back before the Instagram world, there was, you know, I, I didn't know anything about bow fishing, so... He kind of told me about it, and then I uh, went out with him a few times, and I just immediately got hooked. And, um, yeah, ever since, I mean, um, I just got immediately addicted to it. It was just really fun, and I just enjoyed the, the challenge and the, the thrill of it. And, and at that time, we were going out at night, and so, like, one person would flash, like, the flashlight for the person in front of you, so you'd walk. Um, like the, the upfront person was obviously the shooter and the person behind you would be the flasher. So you'd go around like flashing and all of a sudden you'd see a fish and you just have to try to shoot it quickly before, um, it would sink down. Cause it would, once the light was on it, you know, and they would start to sink. So yeah. it was just like such a reaction, um, fun. It was like a adrenaline rush in a way. And it was just something fun that him and I got to do together just by ourselves, you know? And, um, it it was just super fun for us, yeah. Were you in a boat doing that, or like I'm curious? So, or were you walking? Or at, at the time, when you we first were started walking, together? funny story. We were walking in a. <laughs> it, it's called the Rock River down in Rockford, Illinois, where I, um, Josh and I are both from, and it was in the in the middle of this like really nice neighborhood, and we would get people complaining all the time that we were down there shooting by like their boats and stuff um <laughs> so in illinois is the public water public water so it doesn't matter what they think you can still Anything, carry on or do if you it. have a um n- any sort of navigable waterway so it was like it had this like foot strip along the river of concrete like all throughout the neighborhood so that was a technically a navigable waterway that we so we weren't breaking any law, but people were just furious that we were down there. Um, you know, I I could imagine people at nighttime, you know, 
what they were thinking, you know, kids out with flashlights looking around by their boat. Uh, you know, that, sure. so I can um, understand the, their thought behind it, but we were just having fun. So yeah, it was, it was so, it was in the middle of this very fancy neighborhood <laughs> that was just happened to be. That sounds like my kind of deal there. That sounds like a lot <laughs> of fun. It was fun. So it was just walking along on concrete, just flashing, um, like in the docks, in, in the rocks, uh, looking for carp. It was, it was a fun way to learn. That's awesome. Um, so I, I've never done anything like that. I did like a guided bow fishing trip last, last, um, spring, I believe, or probably like June of last year. And, uh, I went with all girls and it was guided, but it definitely like got me hooked on it. It's just, I think that it's intimidating to figure out, okay, what do I need to do to kind of go out by myself now? And like, where do I go? So I guess maybe talk about kind of how you got started as far as equipment goes sure, and how you now like go out by yourself. Yeah. My background of, of bow fishing basically uh, goes down to my old bear compound without a string on it in my parents' Creek. Yeah. Uh, when the suckers are running, shooting at them with my bow and a pitchfork too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's my background. Forking, yeah. Um, <laughs> so it seems like everyone pretty much starts off with like an older bow and I, I can't remember the very first bow that Josh was shooting with because him, you know, him and his cousin started doing it before I tagged along, and I don't remember if I like couldn't pull that bow back or if it was too big for me or something like that. But I do remember my very first bow, which I absolutely love, and I'm still devastated to this day about it. I'll, I'll get to that story, but um, we went into. I, I kept telling Josh, I was like, I want my own bow fishing bow. You know, I want my own. We went to uh, this archery shop where we lived, and he brought me there, and um, he kept saying to me, well, do you think you're ever going to take a bow hunting one day? Because we'll get you a bow that you can, you know, do bow fishing and bow hunting. And, and I was like, oh, I, you know, I don't know. Right now I'm just so focused on um, bow fishing. I couldn't even think about bow hunting. I was just didn't have any interest at the time. But so... Anyways, he knew that eventually I would want to take up bow hunting. He was right on that. So he got me a, um, a diamond Bowtech bow, and it still is one of my favorite bows that I've ever had. And um, it was the perfect little carp slaying machine. <laughs> and um, and I used it for a few years, and and it it was amazing. So we I think we had like a muzzy reel on it. So it was a diamond Bowtech with a muzzy reel. And, you know, just your generic arrow with the, the, the generic, you know, point. Um, nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing um, too fancy or anything like that. But uh, I used it for a few years and we always just left it either in the back of the boat or or in the truck bed when we were. And that day we had ended up putting it in the back of the boat and we were driving to and from the river and. We, did, we still don't know what happened to it. Like, either the wind, like, got underneath it and blew it out of the boat or somebody stole it. But that was my first bow. Wow. And I know. It was very sad. It, I, so I don't, you no longer I, have that. You're, you're first. Right. My first oh. bow. I don't, I don't ever know what happened to it. It's a very sad story. That's a very sad story. <laughs> I know. Uh-huh. Very sad. I can't was, imagine. Uh, the, I can't it, imagine. Amazing the few years that I had with her. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, 
would you suggest then for somebody to either a use a an old bow or kind of like a cheaper kind of bow like or a starter bow? Just in any yeah, I just say a starter any kind of bow, bow you can get your hands on, you can make it into a bow fishing bow. Whether it be the fanciest right. bow out there or like the cheapest garage sale, like Josh has his favorite bow is like a five dollar garage sale find and he Perfect. like loves it for bow fishing it's like because awesome, it's it's like I, a compound but yet it's wooden but it has like two really oh. small cams and so it looks like it's a reefer huh. but it's still a compound bow but i don't understand because it's it's wood <laughs> so well those are the kind of bows they had out when i started bow hunting yeah <laughs> so it's, older. it's very it's very cool that's awesome. Can you you can use a, a recurve bow for bow fishing, right? Yep, and that's something that I yeah. have not ever done that I've really wanted to try. I think that Phil was talking about setting up his recurve. Yeah, I, like I said, I've never really bow fished before, but uh, Ali was talking about maybe trying it on the St. Louis River this year. And I have four bows. I have three bears and a sage, but I got two um, two bear recurves. And then I have a sage recurve that's a 30-pound draw. So I figured that that 30-pound draw would be probably a perfect little bow fishing rig. Yeah. Is 30 pounds pretty typical for bow fishing, or would you want less or more? Or? Um, It depends on the type of fish you're going for. So I usually like to crank my poundage pretty high up because, like, the, the, the fish that you're always after when you're bow fishing is, like, a grass carp. Those are, like, the one you're after. And they, they fight okay. so hard that you have... And, like, their scales are so thick that you've got to have your poundage up kind of high. So I usually try to go for about hmm. 40 to 45. Okay. So I could, use my, I could use my compound and put it at 70. Yeah. I mean, you'd blow. You'd okay. blow. The problem with going for 70, though, <laughs> is that you'd blow right through the fish. And then your arrow would fly oh, okay. out the other end. And <laughs> you want something that's going to just, like, penetrate the fish and go, like, halfway so the arrow doesn't fly all the way through it so you want it to just enough so that those prongs you know get through and that it, it holds right. the fish so josh and you don't want to like hit rocks and things right? <laughs> right, right right i think josh's little um wooden compound bow is at 55 and he blows through fish so he doesn't pull back all the way he'd like half draw oh, okay. it because or else you just get like a knotted mess um, if the line hmm. goes all the way through the fish. So it doesn't sound like any of my bows would be ideal. Except for I have a 50-pound recurve that I could use probably. But I don't know if I want to use that because that's, that's like an antique bear. Recurve. Yeah. Yeah, probably not then. But no, I mean, if you're, you, you can't adjust any of your other ones? I can, but like, so my compound goes probably 50 to 70. Okay. Um, my... My recurve, my sage recurve, I could buy new limbs for. But I think what I'll do is I'll just go to a garage sale and try to find one. Yeah. Like you're right. talking about something that goes up to 50 pounds or something. Yeah, I'd say 30 so, to 50 would be your good range. Okay. Well, that's good to know. There definitely is a sweet spot there then. Yeah. Definitely. So, I like that let's question. Just say you're one... never asked me that before. Yeah, well, it's important. You know, just like any kind of bull hunting, really. Um, you want different draw weights for different types of animals, so mm -hmm. it makes sense with fish too, I'd imagine. But, yeah. Um, so it, let's just say you're one person and you want to go out by yourself, don't have any experience, don't know anybody that gets into it. Where do you start? 
what would you do if you were uh, by yourself somewhere and you wanted to get into bow fishing? What would you start by doing? Well, it's interesting that you asked that because I'm kind of in that situation right now, just moving to this area. I have to go find out my new places that I want to go to. And um, I'm kind of struggling because I like my favorite type of bow fishing is like probably what anyone likes. It's the spawn. And that's when they go up really shallow. But so like when you're in cold weather, right, they they tend to hang out in deeper water. So as the weather warms up, and I even heard somebody say this to, to me at work today. They said, when the lilacs start popping out, that's when you go bow fishing. And I was like, hey, you know what? They're kind of right. <laughs> so um, that was just brought up to me at work today. Yeah, when the lilacs start popping, that's when you start looking for carp. So a little local expertise. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, so what I look for when I'm going, I, everyone will say something different, um, until you find what you like to do. So the one thing that I enjoy most about bow fishing is that I just like to be out by myself kind of, and I don't like to be watched. I feel like bow fishing is such a, a I don't want to say that it's new cause it's been along around for, for forever. since so, I mean the, for forever, forever, um, but when you're out in the middle of, like, an open lake, I feel like people are watching you. So, yeah, there's really, really great bow fishing in lakes. There can be. But I just don't like being in the middle of a lake out by myself, like, people gawking. Like, what is that girl doing? So, like, my favorite thing that makes sense. to go do is to be, like, um, to try to find, find backwater, like, rivers. So, like, my favorite bow fishing is usually somewhere on the backwaters of the Mississippi in the, like, the flooded timber, in the, in the backwaters of the Mississippi River in the flooded um, timber. And as, the, as the, the air temperature warms up, you know, like, as the season moves in from spring to summer, um, you get the, the giant algae bloom on top of the water and those carp like to feed on stuff that sit on top of the water. <clears throat> And so that's what makes them surface up and you, you get those um, shots and they kind of sun themselves and um, they go to spawn in really shallow water, just like, you know, most fish do. And it's um, so that's where I go to look for. So I might be premature out looking <laughs> in the, the flooded timber <laughs> right now, but I'd say they're starting to go there, you know, within the next week or two i would feel like they'd be going there and then i know a lot of people go find them in like flooded fields um that like if 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 the water is really really up or if you're getting lots of rain you know in in rivers and like there's flooding going on the the carp will really move into wherever that flooding is and you can like wade around for them like put on your waders and go shoot in fields Interesting. That sounds like fun. Yeah. I know. It sounds really fun. I've never done it myself, but I'm dying to do it because I feel like it's almost a hunt at that point. You're kind of hunting in the grass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very, sounds very fun. Yeah. That's, the, that's something that I've never thought of. <laughs> no, I never had. I mean, I, I knew that, you know, fields flooded in the spring, especially in Southern Wisconsin and areas like that, but I never really thought about going bow fishing in them. Yeah, that, that's why just, when my I husband flood. actually started doing it. So um, I know in this area, in the Duluth area, there's not, I had a hard time 
tracking down people that bow fished in this area. And so um, I actually found out, because I wrote a story on it recently for a local publication. I actually found out that the St. Louis River um, that connects up with Lake Superior is a decent bow fishing area, but that's like it up here, just so you know. So <laughs> if you were if you're looking to come north, it's that's typically in like June, end of June, early July is when they, that's when it's like good. Yeah, but. there's really not like any gar or anything like that. It's mostly just carp. Carp and, and suckers. Yeah, I hear yep. everyone saying so. up here that there's a lot of suckers to bowfish, and that's something that I've never done. Um, but it sounds like there's quite a lot of them up here. But um, that's a good thing that carp t- aren't, aren't going that far north yet because we want to keep them out of the the. Uh, the Great Lakes. So well, they're here. Yeah, well, yeah. We have, yeah, we have we have you know native carp. We don't have those Asian carp yet, thank goodness. Yeah, uh, but we have you know just the lake carp. I don't know, I don't know what they're called, but they've been around forever. Up yeah, here. well, and I think the issue is up here is that um, there's a lot of streams that you technically could. They're in those streams, but they're designated trout streams, so you can't bow fish them. Um, you have to like go above a certain line. That's that's kind of like the bigger issue. So the St. Louis River is kind of the only place that you can really, yeah, really go bow fishing. But we won't waste time talking about uh, bow fishing Duluth. <laughs> that's all right. Just I, mean, I got to learn my like, I got to learn my area here anyway. So I got to figure out where yeah, I, would, I should and shouldn't go. <laughs> I would say Southern Wisconsin is probably a pretty sweet spot for bow fishing. I would say the farther northern. The farther north you get, probably the harder it harder it is. I think I've got my area scoped out. I've got some good spots planned. In in Minnesota, there's a Cannon Lake. That's the lake that I went on um, when I did like the, the guided thing. Um, so southern Minnesota too, it's an option. Oh yeah. So um, uh, let me ask you: did, Was that at night or in the daytime? And how did you do? Yeah, I, I went at night. So I was super pumped because it was obviously my first time and we started at like sunset and then we went until like two or three in the morning it was just awesome there was four girls i actually i'd never gone before i've shot my bow for quite a few years but you know it's a lot different because you're kind of working off the refraction of like the water and right so the um, reason why i asked that is because um I mean, night bow fishing and day bow fishing are completely different worlds. I'm not a super huge fan of night bow fishing just because, like, it's really loud. You always, like, are with a group of people, and I feel like they're harder. Everyone will tell you differently, but I think it's harder to shoot at night because you can't quite tell what length or how how deep down they are. Um, I'm a terrible night bow fisherman. (laughs) I'm great. I'm pretty good during the daytime, but um, I find the daytime... Just to be extremely relaxing. You just are out there, like, you know, you just hear the sounds of nature and all the, the chirping in the trees and all the stuff like that. And you just, it's just such a different world. So that's why I was asking which one you had, had tried. So now you'll have to try daytime because it's just, I find it to be way more enjoyable. Okay. Well, that's I good mean, to know. makes sense. I, I guess I kind of just went with like the, the guided, whatever they're, thing was but i think that even talking to you and just kind of getting that perspective of how i should even get started <laughs> is awesome so um right now you're you're with cage and bow fishing right so do you have a bow fishing set up through them then yes i do yep so okay. it's a um sucker punch so after i lost my diamond i uh, bought a sucker my i was like well 
I was still relying on Josh. I was like, well, what do I get? I don't know what to get. And um, at the time, he was like, well, I've heard of this Cajun brand, and they have, like, um, ready-to-shoot packages. So ready-to-shoot means it comes, you know, with everything that you need. You, you have the bow and, and the real kit. And so he bought me that, and I'd used it, and I really, I really liked it. And um, I started using it for a little bit, and then I decided, hey, I'm going to reach out to these people and see um, if we can team up. And so I reached out to them, and, and they were on board, and I've been shooting with them for a couple of years now. That's awesome. Yeah, that sounds super like, cool. Sounds like a blast. Yeah, so I'm shooting the uh, so the same bow that I started out with that we bought by ourselves. You know, the sucker punch, the sucker punch. Sorry, I said that kind of funny. <laughs> sucker punch with the uh, at at the time I was shooting the um, um, like it was a hybrid reel. It was like a a mix between like a a, a can reel and a, a spinning. It was it was a different reel, but I really liked it. Um, and now I'm, mm -hmm. they came out with, last year they came out with this winch reel. So it's like, when you shoot the fish and then you grab this thing on the side of it, it's like a, a break. So it doesn't pull out any more line. So you, sh okay. so, um, so the fish won't pull anymore and the line is thick. Okay. So this year I, it's going to be a bit of a learning curve cause I'm going back to the way I first started out when I first started bow fishing with a spinning reel. Cajun just came out with their newest spinning reel. It's called the Spin Doctor. And the line is super, super thin, like just like, uh, you know, ice fishing line. You know that uh, Dacron, mm. I think it's. Oh, well, like braided line? Yeah. It's, it's like ice fishing line. It's like the same thickness of that. So I'm a little bit nervous because I. I'm so used to like hand lining fish. Like I'll shoot and I'll just grab the line because the line that I've used for the past right. few years is like thick rope. So this year with the spin doctor, I already can tell my hands are going to get just cut up because I'm going to accidentally go Whoa. to grab the line and the fish is just going to rip off and it's just going to cut through my hand. So, so we'll see how many. Well, times. do you wear a glove when you shoot? No, I don't. Oh, you don't. Okay. No, I, I never have, but, um, I might need to. I uh, we'll see how long it takes me to get trained on this new line because I feel like it'll be like the like a shot collar syndrome. He'll you'll do it <laughs> once or twice, and then hopefully I'll learn. Hopefully that's the case. Yeah, I'm excited to see some uh, footage of that. Yeah, we'll I'll see. tell you if it was me doing it, I would not learn. I would cut myself repeatedly. I probably long. will too, and I'll just be like. I won't won't learn any better. I don't know. We'll see. You'll get it. You'll you'll be fine. I, I let's hope. So, <laughs> so we had actually a well, a couple of things. You work for Hobie. You're a member of the Hobie fishing team, and you also work for them, right? Is that the type of kayak you use now, or? So I work at. When I moved up here, I needed to find a job, and um, I also needed to set up a new Hobie sponsorship. And, um, because you need to, when you're sponsored by Hobie, you get your, your kayak sponsorships through dealerships. So when I moved up here, I was like, okay, well, I got to find a new Hobie sponsor. And, um, I searched around and there just happened to be one in Eau Claire where I'm living at Zacco Sports Center. And, um, I reached out to them and it was just a fit all around. I got, I got a job and I get to sell kayaks and I get to be sponsored. <laughs> 
a sponsored fisherman. So that's awesome. That sounds like a pretty nice, nice gig. <laughs> it's a really good gig for me. Yes, I'm, I'm very much enjoying it. So, so would you recommend someone that was going out by themselves a lot to to do it out of a boat or a kayak? I mean, I don't, I don't really know um, what kind of. I really, honestly, like. prefer kayak. I don't like the boat because it's it's louder. It just takes a lot more. Eff- well, I don't. I don't know what takes more effort because kayak does take quite a bit of effort too. But um, that's a good question. My, I myself prefer the kayak. You can. Oh, here's why. You can get into a lot um, of places that boats can't go with the kayak. Sure. So a lot of times they'll be so so high up into the like the flooded timber. You can't get your boat in there. I've tried with my husband. We've gone out a few times, and I'm like, we need to get up in there. We're not seeing anything here. And he's like, I don't know what to tell you. And I was like, well, I was just here yesterday with my kayak, and they're, you know, they're in there. I was here yesterday. So um, I think the kayak gets you gets you places that the boat can't, and it makes for a lot better boat fishing, in my opinion. I would even I would even think you paddleboarders out there. Uh, people that are good at paddle boards. I, I personally have never been on one, on one, but I would imagine you could probably throw your bow on your back and paddle <laughs> your board your way into some of those spots. For sure. Definitely. I've never done it either, but that so would with, be an option. With the kayak, do you do you stand or you sit? Typically. Um, do you do both? I do a little bit of both. I tend to sit down more just because uh, I... You're a bit stealthier that way, and I'm I'm videotaping myself, and I just don't like to stand on video. I don't like it to get my backside or anything. You know what I mean? But um, I will stand. Yeah. I will stand up if if the shot calls for it. So, um, but most of the time, I do like to, to sit. It's just it's easier because well, in my kayak, it's a the Hobie kayaks are pedal kayaks, so they're they're foot driven instead of you know using a paddles. So you have to be sitting to pedal the kayak. So I'm typically cruising around sitting and then I see a fish and I quickly grab my bow. So uh, I think this year I'm going to try to just be a little bit more complacent and try to to sit still and, and see what happens. Last year I was just very much adamant about finding the fish. This year I'm going to really try to just be patient and see if I can sit and, and wait. Um, a couple times. We'll see how long that lasts, though. <laughs> well, that settles it then. I mean, just by what you've described to me, then I think if I went all by myself, I'd get a kayak and do it. It seems like the advantages to that are much more. Well, I think it seems more manageable, at least to me, you know, to for me to drive a boat and I don't know. I just don't Yeah, think it I... seems like too much. If you're going all by yourself, you're probably way better off being in a kayak. Yeah. So we had a few other questions Yep, from yep. Instagram. Uh, we had a few great questions, actually, that were asked through our Empower Outdoors Instagram page. Um, Allie, do you have those handy, by yeah. the way? We had quite a few questions um, from Christine Kessler. Um, I think you, you're, Christine is you're my friends girl. with her, right? Yeah. Christine's uh, my girl. We were actually cool. out fishing yesterday, and I was like, hey, I've got this podcast. And, and she's never bow fished before. Um, and so I was like, well, I... So she's asked me all these questions that I was like, well, man, I wish people on podcasts would. I said, I've done a lot of boat fishing podcasts before, but no one's asked the questions that you're asking. So I was like, can you just, you know, 
I said ask her because I feel like a lot of people want to know these things that um, absolutely nobody's really asked me before. So yeah, well, well here we are, and we're going to ask the question. So um, these come from Christine Kessler, and then we also have a question from a girl named Crystal. So um, I'll just start with kind of one at a time. I'll fire them off. I think that we initially had asked this question, but. When, once you get out on the river, let's just say, her first question is, how do you actually find the fish? Where are you going for them? Okay, so once I've picked my spot um, where I think I know there's going to be fish around, or, yeah, kind of like what we are talking about, I'm looking for flooded timber in the super shallows. Um, but when when you're in that area, how do you find the fish? So a couple things that are very important. Polarized glasses you are you're going to be your biggest help it's definitely doable without them but you'll see eight out of ten fish more or how do you however you say that you'll see twice as many fish i don't know than than you would if you didn't have polarized glasses um and so you're usually just looking for what i've done in the past is or where i've bow fished in the past is really muddy water so technically you are just looking for a shadow or an object that's on the top of the water sometimes you'll see a fin but basically you're just looking for a black object and um at that where i was before it's always going to be a carp um gar you can see very easily because i don't they're not just the colors of them it is they're just very long and slender so you see gar super easy but carp sometimes you just see a, a fin or a hump out of the out of the water and and you just shoot at it um but and pray it isn't a walleye yeah usually i i could at least when i went i could see like the white of the walleye you could see that in the water but in my experience it's never been anything other than a carp or a gar um but but that's what i was there i knew that there that's what was there so uh i don't you're fishing in here yeah, aren't going to be walleye. I'm hoping I don't ever shoot a walleye, but if I do, it it will get eaten. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> essentially, the walleye shouldn't be where the carp no, are necessarily. No. So right, yeah. Hopefully, I don't get any fines. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. How um, deep are they typically, or ideally, would they be when you're you know, bow fishing for them? Um, so depending on the time of year, so cold weather, they're going to be down deeper. So if you're in clear lakes, like I know um, a lot of people like will fish or bow fish all year round. I mean, you can go out in winter time and still, still bow fish in the dead of winter, but you're going to have to find super clear water and you're going to be aiming an insanely amount lower than the fish to, to account for that light refractory or whatever. Um, in the summer, the type of bow fishing that I like to do, they're going to be right on top of the water, um, in super shallow water. And, uh, they'll usually have their, their backs out or they'll just be barely suspended, um, right underneath the water. And, uh, one thing too, that I, I hadn't mentioned earlier is that they will, or I did kind of cover it, but they come up, they surface to eat the stuff that's on top of the, the water, like stick, they'll eat like bark and algae and stuff. And so there's a lot of times when you don't see anything besides their mouth. So if you're quiet and you, you just hear that sucking noise, it's like, 
<laughs> I don't know if you guys could hear me doing that right <laughs> oh. now. But, oh, we yeah. could hear that. But you don't know, and if you just kind of pay attention to where that noise is coming from, you can sometimes spot it, and you don't even see the fish itself, but you know it's there. You just kind of take a guess, and, and sometimes you get lucky. And sometimes, even too, like, you'll just see a random branch shaking in the water, and you know that's a carp down there. Um, and so you'll shoot at that branch, <laughs> like you'll shoot low at that shaking branch and there's, sure enough, there's a carp there. They, they like eat branches <laughs> and stuff. That's crazy. That's, that's almost sounds like stuff that you just have to get experience before mm-hmm. you know, because I certainly know it's a carp by seeing a stick shake. Yeah. yeah you would not, you would not notice if, if you were looking at a, a branch shaking in the water, you'd maybe think it was like current or something. But if you're in an area, yeah, with no current, um, that is most certainly a carp down there chomping on that that branch, <laughs> rubbing on it. And I can honestly say I've never listened for fish while fishing. Well, and I think I think you have a good point though, Caitlin, because when I was um, boat fishing with a guide, that was the kind of stuff that he would point out to us. But I think without going with someone that knows what they're doing, you don't really realize that that's a thing. Right. So until you've done it a couple good. times yourself sure. too, you don't, you don't pick up on things, um, until yeah, you've done it a, a couple times. So I'm still ho- hoping I get to pick up a few things here and there, learn in a new place this year. So, but those are the couple things that I've learned along the way so far. So the next question that Christine had was, do you lure the fish at all? Is there any type of lure that you would use to try and get them closer to you? Yeah, she'd asked me that in person, too, when we were talking about bow fishing. Um, When she was asking, you know, how do you, you know, basically everything you guys are asking. And and she was like, oh, I was just under the assumption that you, you know, you bait them or or you throw stuff out. And uh, that's most certainly... Um, people can do that. Like you can like throw like corn out or like dog or cat food and like that, that will work. Um, in my experience, I've never just had to do that. You just go out and you find them out there and it like almost kind of blew her mind. She was like, Oh really? I just thought you like get them to come to you. And, um, I was like, Nope. Yeah. You just go out and you shoot them. And then I had told her a phrase that's common in the bow fishing world. So, like, when you're fishing, and if a fish isn't biting, they're just not biting, right? But, like, with bow fishing, you force feed them. Like, if they're not biting, you force feed them, which is, like, the arrow and the... the... Right. Mm -hmm. That's a good good line. (laughs) So, you're force feeding them. You are in Wisconsin now, and everybody in Wisconsin likes to bait, I found out. I live in northwest Wisconsin now, and... Every deer hunter I know baits. Oh, really? So that's probably the mentality. Yep. I mean, my father-in-law, when I first started dating my, my current wife, my only wife, <laughs> my current wife, um, when I first started dating my wife, we were talking about deer hunting. And he, I was telling him how in Minnesota, you know, we don't, we can't bait. And he goes, so what do you do? You just kind of shoot them when they're walking around? Oh, geez. Yeah, that's funny. So that might be where that question was coming from. Well, I, <laughs> not with Christine anyways. I know she doesn't bait. Maybe, um, maybe with bears, but I know for deer she doesn't. Well, we don't have to get into that either. That's a whole different subject. <laughs> I think it's just like the concept of fishing and then combining bow hunting with it. You would think that if you hadn't done it before, maybe that you do use some type of 
like presentation for them, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I think that's super cool that she asked that. Need- no one's really ever asked me that before. She's coming up with all the good questions. Yeah, she is. That's awesome. Um, she also asked if your bow has let off. So the one that you shoot now, does it actually have let off or is it just kind of a straight up weight that you're pulling Another back? awesome question. So it has, I like it set up that it has let off, let off. So you have two options. You can either just do like a quick shot, you know, just, just pull back or you can set up let off. But I like to take the time to aim. So I, um, I keep the let off on there. But it's faster without the let off, right? A uh, reaction shot. Yeah. If you're, um, if you see a fish and you just want to move really quick, it, what am, what's the word I'm trying to like a slingshot shot almost. Yeah. A snap, snap snap shot. Thank snap you. Shot. Thank you. I it's kind of like, like, it's like shooting a, yeah. a shotgun versus shooting a rifle. Yes. A rifle you want to aim, a shotgun you, you point and shoot. Yeah. So you have your option there and you can still most certainly do that with the, le- with the bow with the let off. Um, it's just I like to have that that let off there to take the time to aim, um, just because I'm just not a, as right. good as a, a snapshot shooter. Makes sense, for sure. Um, and we kind of already touched on the weight part of it, but you usually, just to recap, usually shoot with like 45 pounds, you said? Yeah, I think I shoot somewhere between 40 and 45. Okay. So that's probably the sweet spot. In between 30 and 50, but 40, 45 is probably perfect. For me, anyways, that's what I find. I'm trying to... I'm always prepared for that one huge one. I want to make sure that my arrow is going <laughs> right. to get that big one. <laughs> what is the biggest carp that you've shot? Just curious. That is a good question. I I don't know the, the poundage of it, but a grass carp has probably been the... Uh, the biggest, the, the grass carp, they get so big. But I've never actually weighed them. So maybe this year I'll start okay. carrying a scale with me. But, yeah, I've never never taken the time to weigh them. I should do that. Yeah, you should. I should. Not to bring up the story that I they wrote recently, but the, the guy that shot out a carp out of the St. Louis River, he shot a 47-pound carp, which is massive that is massive so yeah 47 pound fish of any species is a big fish yeah but no that's cool i think you should start weighing them so that i can i can see what you're speaking of getting down there actually last year in alabama i went with this guided um guy he he's his name is cole and um he guides for fatal impact guided bow fishing and uh he him he took josh and i out and he ended up shooting the the state record 60-pound um, buffalo carp that night. And we all, we all kind of got an arrow in it. But I had the first drop on it, and I totally missed. I suck at night, fit, night boat fishing. No. How do you miss a 60-pound fish? <laughs> I missed it. So, Cole. You missed the state record. I did. You missed the state record. And then Cole ended up getting that backup shot, thank God. And then that fish just took us around for like this craziest ride and we all kind of ended up getting an arrow in them but that was fun to be there the night that the the guy i i almost said kid he's kind of younger um the kid got the uh, 60 pounds the alabama state record that was sweet that, that would be fun sounds like a rush for sure. sure it was i was so terrible that night though so i can't shoot a 60 pound cart but i shot a 
like a half pound shad that night, like the size of your hand. <laughs> that's awesome. I don't know what is my deal. Hey, that takes some skill too. It did. So. But I don't know what it takes. Yeah. I, where did I mess up shooting the 60 pounder? Who knows? Well, you'll get another shot someday. I hope so. The other, she had a few other questions here. Um, the types of broadheads, what kind of broadheads do you use? Um, there's a, quite a few different types out there. I shoot the Cajun ones, and um, my favorite one that I found is called a Garpoon, and it's, like, made for really big fish, <laughs> and it's got these, these like, nice. two, <laughs> yeah, it sounds huge, right, Garpoon, and it is big. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. It's got these two really big prongs, and it, it kind of locks in when you shoot the fish, so it, it's like a, a straight point when it goes through it, and then once it penetrates the fish, it, like, pops out. And it's got these like giant carpoons. I don't know these these holders that um, keep the fish on. And I think it works really good for for big fish. And it works good for little fish too. But I like that name. Yeah, it is a cool one. Um, it works good for little fish too. But it it definitely is my favorite. I'm always after the big one. But you don't you don't want to use like a deer hunting broadhead. You want to use an actual bull fishing broadhead because you need something to drag it back. Correct. With. Yes. Good good call. So, um, as far as taking care of like your arrows, or your tips, do you do anything special if say you hit a rock or something, or is it kind of like you're done with it? Um, you know, I keep using things. I, I feel like a lot of people don't, and I just might be naive or dumb to notice that it's not working anymore. And I just keep going for it thinking that I suck. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> like, shoot, why am I missing? But Maybe I should start paying attention to that more. But I don't ever feel like anything ever breaks. But that could be my own fault. It could be broken and I wouldn't even know. <laughs> I don't look at that so much. <laughs> oh, I just keep using it and using it until I get a new one. Well, that works. That's fair enough. I mean, I know so, some people will, like, grind them down and, like, sharpen them up again or whatever. And I don't know if that's a lot of effort. I don't seem to have that issue. I don't know if they're being over achieving or if i'm just that unaware (laughs) some people yeah some people just have a lot of time on their hands probably i don't know yeah it's not a bad thing no no (laughs) no where where would you typically then you were talking about the gar and the carp but um are they typically in the same bodies of water or where would you find a gar versus a, a carp um the times that i've gone out so on the river they're in the same area. The gar, the gar will like almost hang out in groups though. So like if if you see one gar, you're gonna start. I feel like start. You get into one, and you're gonna start seeing a few here and there. Um, they seem to really hang out in groups. Carp can be solitary. I know like grass carp get really um, territorial, so they'll like hang out in an area. And if you sh- if you go to shoot one in a day. And you miss it, chances are if you go back to that same spot later in the day, it'll it'll still be there. Um, they get v- weirdly territorial. But, um, yeah, carp doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason. I, they could be with other carp or out meandering about alone. <laughs> but um, <laughs> there's a mix. But you don't often see, like, a carp and gar hanging around on, like, the same tree or anything like that. But they're all in the same area okay. anyway that I've found. That's a good tip. Is 
why would you say, I mean, carb control, I know that it's important, but why, why do you think it is important? Um, so for anyone that doesn't understand why bow fishing is important is, um, well, they are invasive species, first of all, and they will, they overpopulate and they will like wipe out a lake. They just eat everything and then they just multiply and multiply and they will just wipe out species of sport fish and um, any sort of vegetation in the lake. They just are lake destroyers and and river system destroyers and they just multiply by the the millions it, it, and it's out of control and um, we don't ever want them to get up into the Great Lakes and get a hold of those those babies. Yeah. No, keep them down there. They uh they kind of ruined the habitat for the you know the fish that we actually want to eat. Yeah, so. the native species. Yeah. Yes. People always ask, you know, what what do I do with them? And I think that's a topic that everybody always wants to know. What do you do with them? What do you do with them? So there's a few things to do with them. Some people we will eat them. I've never eaten them. Um, I in the past have. I don't think they taste very good. <laughs> I can't say that I. I know. I. I want to be that person that um, tries it before. Before I say that it's bad, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, don't knock it before you try it. Ugh. I'd eat one. I would. I don't know. I, I'd try it definitely. I, throw it in some brine and throw it in the smoker. <laughs> That's what everybody says, smoke it. Um, and then I had given them to like a friend to use as like, he would use them as like turtle bait, turtle bait or like catfish bait, cat, cat okay. will okay. go crazy for it. So you like chop it up and, and cat, catfish bait. Um, and then Interesting. one thing that I have done, um, last year is and the year before a couple of years in a row now has used them as like garden fertilizer so just dig a giant hole under my garden and just plop all the fish right in there and that's been around since forever using carp are like amazing fertilizer mm-hmm. and then um in wisconsin you will actually get and i can't wait to tell start telling this to people that want to bash me on like my instagram and stuff they will pay like the dnr will pay you to take fish out so like there's plenty of places around here that you get paid per fish to bow fish them out of the lakes and and the river i don't i don't know about the rivers but um there's lakes that you get paid to bow fish it's like 25 cents a fish or something Interesting. But that's i mean i'm good in my opinion. Hey, you can make not? a dollar in a day. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that. It's an honest dollar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> making money. That's fun. Right. That makes it all the more worth it. I've made money in a lot of worse ways, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I just can't wait to tell people that. Like, like people that I think I'm so cruel and stuff. It's like, hey, DNR want these out of here. They're paying people to get them out. So don't <clears throat> yeah. research your, your stuff before you bash me. Yeah, people are trolls some sometimes. Th- those types of people that bash for things that they don't really understand. It's fascinating, but I don't know. Um, so one more question from Crystal. Um, she had asked about your setup, which we already covered that. Um, but then 
how did you find your successful places the bullfish? Basically, what you talked about is finding these backwaters along the Mississippi. So there's a good starting point for her. But then she also said, "I'm from Iowa, so if you're willing to share that secret Illinois spot, she's it's all funny. ears." Um, I read that message earlier, and I, I personally messaged her and I gave her a little tip on where to go. So she's got okay. that answer. <laughs> So we're not going to tell the millions of people that are listening yeah, right now. Yeah, we have millions of <laughs> but, listeners. I don't live there anymore, but I like I want it to be special for that somebody, I don't know. Like, say if she's going to go there now, I want that to be a special spot for her. I just cherish not seeing anyone when I'm out bow fishing. I love just being, like, creeping around mm-hmm. in the woods by myself in the, in the flooded timber. <laughs> I just don't like to be ever watched when I'm – I just – don't want that paranoia i guess or like i just in, so much enjoy my me time so maybe if i can hand that off to somebody else they can enjoy it just as much as i did that makes sense i think that's a total great mentality perfect yep you don't have to share it but you can share it with her that's great or you can share it with <laughs> us yeah too. i'll we share it personally <laughs> but i'm not gonna put it out there for everybody to listen to <laughs> i'll show you my my secret sucker spear and hole at my parents house <laughs> But you got to use a pitch. You have to use a BB gun or a pitchfork. <laughs> that sounds pretty redneck, yeah, though. It is pretty redneck. Like, yeah. I'm down. That's low. what we're about up here. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever thought about coming up to Duluth for any fishing excursions? That's not too far. So, how far are you from like Schwamigan Bay? Because I've been up to Schwamigan Bay a few times for fishing. About um, hour and forty-five minutes to the west. Never been to Duluth, but um, now that I'm up here, I'm sure it's on the list. Yeah, Duluth is, uh, this time of year, there's a lot of, uh, like, river fishing um, going on. People fishing for steelhead and, you know, fly fishing, that kind of stuff. So, you have to think about that when you want to come to Duluth, and we'll have to meet up and... And we can do a live podcast. Yeah, do a live thing. I'm very down. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking to us about bow fishing, and I hope our listeners, you know, kind of learned something too. I did for sure. So I, I learned a ton. I learned way more than I thought I was going to learn. Yeah. I mean, I, I of course it's easy to learn a lot when you don't know anything. Well, about you guys asked yes. the right questions. For I feel sure. like you uh, had asked questions that I've been wanting people to ask me before about bow fishing, so you guys took the time to to ask them, and I um, appreciate that because I feel like there's a lot of people that will learn some stuff listening to this podcast and I'm so glad. if people have more questions where can they find you online i am at instagram at caitlin woodward uh facebook at caitlin woodward outdoors and youtube at caitlin woodward perfect awesome so we'll make sure to we'll also be putting this on the blog for empower outdoors and we'll make sure to include those links there as well so thank you so much again and um hope to talk right, to you yeah. soon thanks, thanks a lot caitlin. for having me That was Empower Outdoors, Episode 8, with Caitlin Woodward, myself, and Phil Stepp. Um, We hope you enjoyed the show and learned quite a bit about bow fishing. If you have any more questions for Caitlin, make sure to follow her on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Caitlin Woodward or Caitlin Woodward Outdoors. Thanks for listening.
to find me.